On today's episode, we are going to take a closer look at Supermicrocomputer. The company just reported its quarter four 2023 earnings. And we're going to say they beat in revenue, they beat in earnings per share, but I believe the stock price dropped over 20%. To kind of explain a little bit of what's happening here is Billy. Billy, I know this is your topic, so I'm just going to shut up and send it your way. Uh, so let us know what's happening. My topic, yes. I'm the, I'm the Supermicrocomputer expert. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Supermicro stock sold off over 20%, probably 25% below its highs. However, uh, it's still up over 200% on the year. So the company just had a very big run, and there was a round of profit-taking. But uh, this was a pretty good earnings report, I have to say. So I, uh, I wouldn't expect uh, further losses and... An insider also stepped up to buy shares on the recent dip, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, but first to the quarter, uh, Supermicro, as usual, they beat handily across the board. Uh, revenue was up 33%, adjusted earnings per share up 34%, both beat expectations or initial expectations before they pre-announced. Um, the stock likely sold off due to somewhat tepid first quarter guidance. Uh, they basically projected for flat quarter, quarter over quarter revenue would still up be, be up a lot year over year. And the same thing with adjusted EPS with the high end of the range actually slightly below what they reported in Q4. Um, however, management was pretty adamant and... They have a lot of credibility. This was due to supply constraints, um, not any sort of demand problem. And they also did the extra step of guiding for the next upcoming fiscal year. Again, their fiscal year ends in June, so they just finished 2023. Uh, so they guided for $9.5 billion to $10.5 billion in the upcoming fiscal year. Uh which would amount to 40% growth at the midpoint. Um, also, Supermicro tends to pretty much always sandbag its guidance, uh, unless there's some sort of supply constraint, which they said they're dealing with. Uh, if you go back, I actually looked at the last couple of years, what they initially said uh, for their guide for the year out, and then what they delivered. So in fiscal 2022, they guided to $4.1 billion to $4.5 billion. They delivered $5.2 billion in revenue that fiscal year. Last year, they guided to $6.2 billion to $7 billion. They delivered $7.12 billion, and that was with the supply constraints that they're dealing with, which are pretty much NVIDIA GPUs, which are in short supply. We all know that. So given that, I would expect them to do above $10.5 billion in the upcoming year, notwithstanding whatever happens in the current quarter. Discover the world of semiconductors without getting lost in the technical jargon. My new membership offers a perfect balance for investors looking to understand this exciting market. Using my electrical engineering knowledge and experience, I will release weekly exclusive videos ranging from quick 5-minute 101s to in-depth analysis, covering not just popular chip stocks, but aiming to explore every public semiconductor. 
Plus, join the private community of like-minded investors. Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash Jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for the subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. Which is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, management was pretty bullish. We entered fiscal year 24 with record high back orders, many more new design wins and new customers. Uh, another thing that caught my eye was AI servers made up 52% of revenue last quarter. That was shocking because that jumped up from the high 20s in Q1, uh, uh, calendar Q1, their fiscal Q3. But again, that's when NVIDIA GPUs were in supply const supply constrained. I guess those supply constraints eased a little bit, but they're still constrained. They can't fulfill all their demand. Um, Again, for those who are unfamiliar with super microcomputer, they are winning in AI because they have super energy efficient uh, servers. Also, their building block architecture allows for mass customization and lower costs, which is different from other servers that make standard models. And they are very quick uh, with their time to market. Their headquarters is in Silicon Valley, and they have a very close relationship with NVIDIA and all the major players. Uh, free air and liquid cooling is turning out to be a big differentiator, which helps lowers the heat and energy intake of data centers and where they have focused for a long time, which is why they are taking such market share in the AI worlds because AI GPUs and data centers suck up a lot of energy and generate a lot of heat. And no one cared about that until last year when we had AI and natural gas prices shot through the roof last summer. So it looks like companies are future-proofing against that with um, super microcomputer servers this year, which is great to see as a shareholder. Uh, Jose, you can go to the next slide. And there you see the stock price this year. You see uh, the big dip there on the right after earnings. However, if you were invested in this in the beginning of the year, you'd still be pretty happy. Um, stock has more than tripled or just about tripled. Um, other highlights from the call, uh, given their current demand, their Supermicro is actually looking to expand even beyond the new Malaysia plant, which they just announced a couple quarters ago. Uh, so they're on track to deliver, again, uh, probably above $10.5 They only have $15 billion of capacity currently between their US plant and their Taiwan plant. Uh, but this Malaysia plant is coming online. That's going to double their capacity at lower costs than even their Taiwan plant, which is much lower cost than the US. So that's gonna get their uh, capacity up. And I was surprised, they said they're actually adding another building closer to their Silicon Valley headquarters for capacity even beyond that. So looks like the worry isn't so much demand, it's fulfilling all the demand in a couple of years. And um, interesting that they're adding back in Silicon Valley, which is obviously higher cost. Um, so they start, they used to only be in Silicon Valley, then they expanded to the Taiwan for lower costs. Then they expanded to Malaysia for even lower costs. Now it looks like they're going back to Silicon Valley to um, maybe get even closer with the big chip makers there. Uh, they're also investing in research and development. 
Uh, OPEX is going up, which could have been another factor in people selling the stock. Uh, again, the key component shortages are what explains the Q1 outlook. And even the full year guidance CEO, Charles Liang said, there's room to deliver more depending on the availability of supply. So I would actually expect them to probably crush this full year guidance. Um, moreover, Charles Liang has given a $20 billion annual revenue target. This is not the first time he's done that. He's been doing this for the last year, maybe two years. But at, whereas that used to be sort of like a long-term aspiration, he now sees that just a couple years away, which would be crazy if they could hit that in just a couple of years. Um, so the so even though the stock is up so much, it's only basically a $15 billion market cap at this 265-ish level. If they do... 10.5 billion in revenue this year, they're probably gonna make a billion dollars in net profits. I mean, their net margin was 9% last year. I have to think that goes up with scale. Um, they are sort of lowering their gross margins to take market share, but they're gonna get operating leverage um, as they grow. So if they hit 20 billion in a couple of years, they're probably gonna be making 2 billion in, in net profits. So. Today's $15 billion market cap, it's again, the stock is up crazy, but it doesn't look that expensive if they can hit these targets, uh, which would be amazing considering they made just $5 billion a couple of years ago. Um, encouragingly, after the post earnings drop, uh, if you go to the next slide and the final slide, uh, an insider bought a million dollars worth of the stock on Friday. Uh, which is weird that because the stock has tripled this year, you don't normally see insiders buying after a stock had tripled, but this guy, Fred Chan, who's on the board of directors stepped up and bought $1.062 million worth of stock between 261 and 269. I think the stock's at 264 or something as we speak. Uh, so who's this guy, Fred Chan? He joined the board of directors in October, 2020 when Supermicro expanded its board of directors to nine. Again, the company had a little bit of oversight problems in the 2017, 2018 period with some blocking and tackling around their accounting. Uh, some revenue got shifted between periods. Not, not, no revenue was fabricated, but they went through an accounting issue. Um, so when they increased their oversight in 2020, right after they got relisted on the NASDAQ, they expanded the board to nine and this guy joined. He is the founder and president of a large real estate company, KCR Development. He's developed more than a billion dollars worth of projects in California and Hawaii. But uh, Chan has a tech background. He founded ESS Technology. It's a private semiconductor company today. It was public from 1995 to 2008. Um, I haven't researched into why it went private. Uh, it's a pretty small company. I think they make audio uh, transceivers or something like that for headphones, something like that. Um, and he was chairman from 2015 to 2019, I'm guessing he retired and he's got a cushy board seat. Um, he was also an officer at other tech companies, a semiconductor design center and a computer aided engineering design company. So Chan has a, you know, technology expertise, which is encouraging that he's stepping in and buying so much stock. Uh, he's been buying stock on the open market for the past year, so it's not the first time. 
but it is his largest insider purchase since last November. So he bought a million three, 1.3 million last November when the stock was between 76 and 88. Then in February, he bought another $256,000 of stock when the stock was at 85. Then in May, after their earnings and the stock went up 30%, he bought another half million at 133. And now after Q2, when the stock pulled back to 265, he bought even more at 1.062 million. So um, I don't know, this was pretty encouraging if you were a shareholder and were hurting after the post earnings reaction, uh, I found this pretty encouraging. And uh, I think uh, you just, um, I think if you don't own shares of Supermicro, you can buy it down here or up here. And uh, if you're a current holder, I, I wouldn't be selling at these prices. I think, uh, you know, we're at the beginning of this AI journey and I'm not exactly sure where what they're going to get to. It seems like they're going to hit at least 20 billion in revenue at some point. Uh, and you're trading it, I don't know, seven and a half times that uh, with a company that has no debt. You know, mature server companies tend to trade at pretty low multiples like Dell and HPE, but they're pretty highly levered and they're, you know, I don't know, Supermicro seems to be potentially set to take market share from them. So, um, I think the stock is pretty reasonable here and uh, this board member agrees. So I'll turn it back to you, Jose. Thank you for that update, Billy. I, I want to say I took a closer look at their earnings report just because I'm curious about uh, the they, they share a few gems about the AI space. Um, but while I was looking into it, Billy, I want to say the current market makes some of their financials look a bit ugly. Uh, for example, I believe this was one of the first quarters in a while that they kind of represent or showed uh, negative cash flow from operations. Uh, and that might fear some investors. But the main reason is they're kind of paying, for example, companies like NVIDIA for that H100 demand. So they're kind of giving the cash out, but they're not receiving the the inventory right now because of the overall kind of bottleneck. So stuff like that is kind of making um, financials to some extent look a little bit uglier than they really were. Uh, I think even an analyst mentioned, hey, w what's happening here? And that's pretty much what uh, the management said. Hey, look, if we actually had the inventory in hand, we would be able to sell it right away and our cash flow would be positive at the moment. So it's not something that I would worry about, um, but it's just kind of showcasing um, that. The other thing I want to mention, um, Billy, uh, in, in forms of guidance, I, I, I do believe sometimes investors might believe that this company is kind of underestimating their guidance, but I think they just have to be very, very careful again with the current environment that we're in, um, especially with inventory, like I mentioned, with things like NVIDIA and some other other AI chips uh, are, are, are having some supply chain issues. So I think Supermicro has to be very, very careful with the guidance that they give um, because they understand that, hey, uh, anything could happen. Um, I do believe they mentioned that quarter one of this fiscal year that they're about to start is probably going to be their weakest. And from there on, they have a better kind of view of the kind of inventory that they will see. And I do believe they mentioned a sequential increase every quarter uh, for this year. So uh, pretty interesting. And, and just final thoughts, like I said, I think the current environment makes some of the financials look a little bit scary than they, scarier than they really were. Um, Billy, any final thoughts before I close out? Yeah, this topic? On, the, on the free cash flow and operating cash flow, the, this company is 
cash flow will bounce around a lot. Sometimes it will be a lot more than earnings and sometimes it will be a lot less. Um, we saw free cash flow basically go negative like a year ago because they were investing so much in inventory because they had all this growth ahead of them. And then they just minted cash flows. I don't know, a couple, a few quarters ago for like a couple straight quarters. So, um, and in this quarter in particular, remember last quarter they guided, they were way below because of supply constraints. And then they guided pretty low for this quarter. They guided for a bounce back this quarter, but it was, they exceeded that. So some of the supply constraints eased at the end of the quarter. So their accounts receivable went up a lot. But because they shipped so much at the end of the quarter, they didn't collect that cash because it was so back half weighted. So I think that's just part of the uh, free cash flow. And, you know, these are large data center companies. They're going to they're going to pay. Um, so I wouldn't really worry about that uh, too much. I, I would look at earnings uh, to track the progress of this company. And uh, they're, they're, they're pretty capital light, actually, except for working capital. Their capital expenditures are not that high. So um, it's, a, it's a pretty cash flow generative model, but quarter to quarter, depending on accounts, because there's so much crazy growth, they have to invest in accounts receivable and then also inventories uh, to when they're in this growth mode. So it, it can make the cash flow look a little weird. Definitely, Billy. Thank you for those final thoughts. And I think this is a great way to end the segment.